Well, welcome, welcome, welcome to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and you know that might just catch on. Just like we do the Good News Friday. Good news, good news, good news. Maybe welcome, welcome, welcome for Everyone Wednesday today here on the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. It is the 8th, excuse me, the 9th of August. If you were listening to yesterday's program, of course, we remember that uh, we did a whole Super Tuesday segment on Richard Nixon's resignation. Uh, We are coming up on, my goodness, are we coming up on the 50th anniversary of that soon? Anyway, August 8th and 9th are days that will live in infamy here in the United States on the day, the only days that a a sitting president announced his resignation on national television one day and then actually boarded a plane the next and took off. But um, today, in addition to all of that, it's important for us to look at principles and, and, and things that, you know, there but for the grace of God. I'm not suggesting that any of us, I mean, we've only had, what, 46 presidents in the history of the the United States. So I don't know that any of us listening to the Bottom Line Show or being a part of the Bottom Line Show right now will ever be president or vice president for that matter, though there will be some folks who run for office and get elected, and God bless you. If you do, uh, please let me know about it, and we'll uh, pump your, your campaign next year during the elections. But the idea that there are people who run for office, get into office, and they tell a whole pack of lies is really kind of disturbing and disgusting. And I just got to share this with you uh, with regard to a lawsuit that was filed in the United States Senate. Um, I take that back. Um, this is, it, it's a law actually in uh, the group of uh, the state of Idaho. And what it does is it's very interesting to see how many of these attorneys general in different states all across the country have filed a lawsuit. They're challenging a law in Idaho that does something that we here in the Sanctity of Life community applaud. And basically, it's a law that says if a girl who is underage is pregnant and is seeking an abortion, there must be parental consent before she has said procedure. And here's the deal. The idea is that this is primarily, I mean, Idaho being a pro-life state. They um, are looking at this crime. It's, it's a new crime, basically. It's called abortion trafficking. Ever since the Dobbs versus Jackson case that was uh, decided in June, June 24th, 2022, the law that established the 15-week abortion ban in Mississippi, they've since taken it down a few other weeks. But what that case did, it was worded in such a way that the reason Dobbs passed was because Roe versus Wade and Doe versus Bolton were overturned. And that therefore ended a federal monstrosity of just a <laughs> egregious error by the Supreme Court that basically granted the federal government the right to say abortion is legal. There was never any law that passed, they just kept using that case precedent. And so now that that case precedent isn't there, states are scrambling like crazy to codify abortion and abortion laws in the state constitutions, like they did here in the People's Republic of California, People's Republic of Colorado, uh, in the uh, uh, Union of Soviet uh, Michigan Republics, I mean, (laughs) all the different states that did so. This is very interesting because um, Idaho has a law that they want to pass that uh, creates the crime called abortion trafficking. The language of the law is that, uh, I mean, Idaho banned elective abortions. So the only way an underage girl could get an abortion from Idaho is to be taken to another state where abortion is legal. 
if the girl is under age, now if she's with her parents, that's one thing. But here's the issue. The, this bill basically says you can't take a girl across state lines if she's underage and her parents don't know about it to get an abortion. It also means that if there are abortion pills to be had in a different state, you can't smuggle them into this state. That was the big thing with the Texas heartbeat bill, by the way. The Texas heartbeat bill, which was passed, what was it, August 2021, basically banned abortions as soon as you could hear a fetal heartbeat. You go to that first doctor's appointment, hear the, the heartbeat, go to that pre-born clinic, hear the heartbeat, see the ultrasound, get the pictures, and now it's illegal in those states to abort the child. And by the way, if you do have someone in your world who is expecting or thinks she might be expecting, go to a pre-born clinic, get the free pregnancy test and ultrasound, get those pictures developed of that little bambino growing inside her womb, and then hear what your options are. Congratulations, you're a mom. Congratulations, that child can be released for adoption and placed into a loving home. Or if it's a state that has legal abortion, you can do the legal abortion thing. By the way, 85% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see the ultrasound choose life for their baby. That's why we encourage you to make that $28 donation to preborn right now at 833-850-BABY. $28 covers the cost of that whole ultrasound procedure I just described. So $56 does two procedures, $280 does 10. You can do the math. It's completely tax deductible. Lisa and I do a monthly donation where we cover two kids or two women. at $56 a month. You don't even feel it. You really honestly don't. And it's completely tax deductible. So 833-850-2229, 833-850-BABY, or go to capebrightradio.com or rogermarsh.com. Click on the banner for preborn and make a donation today. Idaho has a law that says abortions are banned for elective purposes. You know what that means? This is where the left goes nuts. It does mean that there is a rule, uh, there's an exemption in the case of rape or incest and in the case where the mother's life is at risk. But our friends at the Charlotte Lozier Institute tell us that the incidences of a woman seeking an abortion because she was raped, because she was victimized by incest, or because her life is at risk are 3%. 3% of the abortions in America are performed for those reasons. The other 97% of abortions are because mom says, I don't want to be pregnant. Dad says, get rid of the baby. I don't want you to be pregnant. It's an inconvenience. I mean, you get the idea. Now, when Texas passed their heartbeat bill, that was good news. The number of abortions went down by about 50,000. But what also happened was the number of women who were seeking abortions who went outside the state and had abortion pills delivered to them was 40,000. So the net effect was there were 10,000 more kids born in Texas the first year. So the good news is heartbeat abortion law means no more abortions, but if you can buy the pills, and see, this is where the abortion industry is moving, is to the pills. Idaho right now protects babies, unborn babies, by banning elective abortions. The only way an underage girl could get an abortion is to go to a neighboring state. Well, Idaho is pro-life, but Washington does allow abortion on demand. Washington state, right next door, you remember how Idaho looks like that little chimney and then Washington's next door. Uh, Washington allows underage girls to get an abortion without their parents' knowledge or consent. Washington State, along with Oregon and California, have become what are called abortion tourism states. A better way to describe that is abortion trafficking. 
Now, it's interesting. <laughs> we talk about the news, and we're going to get into this a little later. We talk about one of the oldest newspapers in America folding, going bankrupt last week. It was right here in the People's Republic of California. But it's amazing. Pro-life advocates are looking at girls in Idaho and saying, hey, wait a minute. Why would an adult want to take a girl out of Idaho into Washington to get an abortion? Are they trafficking her? Is she being abused? Is, is this is something that they don't want anyone to know about? Is she, if she's being trafficked for sex and she got pregnant, then having an abortion means she can go back on the street and start working for sex again. And this is how sex traffickers think. Uh, one Democrat strategist in the state of Washington said, well, we have to make this, this a law here because, you know, in Idaho right now, if you're a pregnant woman, you can't leave the state. Well, that's not true. Not by a long shot. Um, legal Voice and other abortion-funded entities are claiming that this new law violates the Interstate Travel Act, uh, free speech and freedom of association. <laughs> it doesn't, by the way. There is no travel ban preventing a young woman from going to another state to have an abortion. But if she's a minor, she needs parental consent. That's the law in the state of Idaho. So there's this amicus brief that has been filed now. Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson has led the brief. There are 20 different Democrats who are in the attorney general role in their state who are now opposing this bill. It's just mind-boggling to think that these are people who say we are here for families and protecting children and protecting women but they don't like the fact that Idaho has a bill that's been signed by Governor Brad Little back in April that protects the victims of human trafficking, protects young victims of sexual abuse. It ensures simply that the parents must be involved in any conversation about whether or not this girl's going to have an abortion. The law calls, uh, basically, as I mentioned earlier, creates this crime of abortion trafficking. And, quote, it prohibits an adult who, with the intent to conceal an abortion from the parents or guardian of a pregnant, unemancipated minor, either procures an abortion or obtains an abortion-inducing drug for the minor. And anyone found guilty of this crime could face up to five years in prison. And this is how anti-truth and backwards half of America is right now a bill that would protect the innocence of children and not take a situation where a young girl got pregnant underage, maybe even at the hands of someone who was, should be incarcerated already, and keeps the parents out of the equation. The left is so proud of all the things that they're doing, and yet they love doing all this stuff in secret. Why is that? What are they so ashamed of that they need to do this in secret? Well, I'll tell you one thing that has been completely messed up for leftists and progressives, and I say this in law, love, and respect, is they're losing the ability to think clearly. When you can take your thoughts captive, control yourself, uh, discover your purpose in life, nothing's going to overtake you. And Adam Davis understands that. Former police officer and first responder has a great ministry that helps people live the life that he calls unconquered. He's got a brand new book about it too. Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Life Above Defeat. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And because today is Everyone Wednesday, we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away. 
is the number to get you through to the bottom line. But don't just take my word for it. You'll hear from Adam Davis coming up next as the bottom line continues. It's no secret that people are dealing with more challenges than ever before. And the culture is just getting stranger. And then along comes the pain from the past. And trauma has a way of kind of trapping it, just kind of isolating it, freezing it. As Christians, what are we supposed to do? Because if you are stuck with the pain of the past, you are going to be living a defeated life. And what what happens to that life in Christ that you have that's full of victory and full of hope and full of promise? Well, today here on The Bottom Line, I'm joined by a special guest who's going to help us get into uncovering what it means to live through adversity, to live through challenges, to live through uh, obstacles that are are just seemingly overwhelming. Adam Davis is with me today here on The Bottom Line. We have a, a powerful new book that he has written called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. We have a link for that book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Adam Davis, welcome back to The Bottom Line Show. Hey, thank you so much for having me on again. I really appreciate the opportunity. Well, it's great to have you here. Adam is a former law enforcement officer. Um, he has spent the past decade basically helping people uh, You know to... You know, working with anywhere first responders to it, gosh, I, it kind of seems like now that days, Adam, anybody who's a Christian qualifies as a first responder with all the trauma that's <laughs> happening in the world right now. Talk talk about that, though, because I've, I've heard from more and more people, I've become good friends with a guy who's a clinical psychologist, and he says that resilience and overcoming obstacles and stuff like that is almost becoming a crisis in the culture for people, even people of faith who just are having a hard time overcoming the defeats of the past. Yeah, when you when you take and consider um, a lot of the things that are going on in our world today, and and really the past several years, uh, and you compare that to maybe a memory comes up or or something happens, and you start having an experience because of pain from your past, uh, if you're not prepared for that, it can really blindside you. I mean, mm-hmm. it can really knock you for a loop and. And I have been there. I have been right there and I've navigated that. And, uh, you know, I, I can tell you that whether it's childhood sexual abuse or some type of other traumatic event uh, throughout your life, whether it be childhood or adulthood, uh, you need to have a battle plan in place to be able to overcome those things. And I'm thankful for the faith and relationship that I have with Christ and, and the power of the Holy Spirit, his word that's alive and well and how it's a little, you know sort of empowered me to to navigate some of this stuff and still be sitting here talking to you today. Well, we're certainly glad you are. Adam Davis, the author of the book, Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. We've got a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You, you start out right away by to engaging your readers in a very simple truth. Many times, and this, uh, this was my story. I mean, when I read this part of the book, I went, oh man, oh man. I, I grew up in a home of people who had dealt with clinical depression. And one of the ways that the family learned to cope with it, it was just say, it's not that bad. It's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, we're fine. Lots of people are going through worse. It's okay. And you challenge people to say, hey, first and foremost, let's get real. Do not underestimate the battle you're going through. Talk about why that's important. Yeah, because I'm going to tell you something. It is a battle. It is it is a battle. And, you know, the enemy can't touch you except for through painful experiences and how we respond to that. And I, one of the, you know, I have something called the unconquered code and this book is based around those 10 principles. And one of the principles says, 
you know, realize that you are controlling yourself and no one else. And what that means is I can't control what people have done to me in the past. I can't even control what I have done in the past. What I can control is how I respond to the pain from my yes. past, yes. how I respond to my behaviors going forward and how I surrender those things to a living God and um, acknowledging that it is a battle. Number one, number two, uh, when we try to fight it in our own power, in our own strength and our own wisdom, it's game over almost immediately. Right, right. And when you ignore that pain, try to suppress it or pretend it doesn't exist, it's game over immediately. You're gonna you're you're facing a certain defeat. But when you say that's like uh when I was policing, I was dispatched to a traffic collision involving a World War II veteran and I took mm -hmm. care of, you know, the the accident report and got all his information, and made of course made sure everybody was was okay. And when I got ready to depart, uh, before I left, I asked the man, I said, sir, I said, I have a great amount of respect for what you've done uh, for our country. You've paved the way for me to be here today. And what's the parting word of wisdom you'd have for a young officer, a young man, a young father, a young husband. And he referred to something uh, known as the Battle of Peleleu or probably Battle of Peleleu. I probably hacked that up. But it was <laughs> an island in the Pacific mm -hmm. during World War II that the United States wanted to take and use as a strategic airstrip to attack the empire of Japan. Uh, and so there was different, and I'm really, really giving you a cliff notes version here. Um, there was a, uh, some disagreements between military leaders on how to accomplish this, how long it would take. Uh, they, they determined it would take three days, I believe is what they said, three days to, to take this Island. Uh, it wound up taking a few months and I believe there was roughly 6,000 casualties, uh, hmm. Marines that were lost. And a number, 16,000, I believe, uh, Japanese soldiers that were killed. Uh, but shortly thereafter, there, there remained tens of thousands of undetonated explosives. And he said, to this day, if you go visit this island, there's a trail that you have to stay on, adhere to the signs. Otherwise, you'll get off this trail and you're going to find a surprise of your own. You may not like mm -hmm. it. And he said, if, if you're not careful in this life, especially in the line of work you do in law enforcement, uh, you're going to, you're going to encounter some really painful stuff. And one day, if you don't deal with it, you don't address it. Um, it's just going to go off and it's going to hurt people who've never done anything to you. People that love and care about you, right, innocent right. people, sort of like those undetonated explosives on that Island. And so what I wanted to do was take that story and put it in, in a way that said, Hey, you know, don't underestimate the battle. You know, if it takes you three weeks, three months or three years, or three decades, it doesn't matter. You continue to fight. You get up every day and put one foot in front of the other until you experience victory. And the only victory you're going to experience is victory in Jesus. And mm -hmm. when you fight from that position of victory, knowing you've got that in him, it really takes all the pressure off of you. Adam Davis telling some remarkable truth and sharing it with us today here on The Bottom Line. His brand new book is called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I'm so glad you talked about the pain and acknowledging it, recognizing it's a battle, seeking healing from God. And I think that's a point I would love for you to explore just a little deeper, if you would, Adam, because... You know people, I've counseled people who will come in and they'll tell you the whole story of how they got hurt. Maybe it was a child sexual abuse thing. Maybe it was an abusive marriage, you know, wh whatever the situation was. And then right when they get to the point where you're asking, okay, so what did you do? You know, where is the healing? You begin to realize what they did is they kind of took that pain and put it under glass and they kind of keep it on display, <laughs> you know, and it's kind of yeah. like, this is, this is my story. 
You know, mm-hmm. I, I like it. One, there was one woman I counseled and I, I told her one point, I said, you do realize these are kind of like toys you put in a closet. And when someone comes over and you feel like you're out of control, you take them out and say, hey, we're going to play with these. And I said, mm-hmm. you don't need to keep them in your house anymore. <clears throat> no. Talk about why seeking healing and, and doing it now, not saying, okay, maybe next year, maybe the end of the summer, why it's so important to be proactive in that case. Yeah, you know, God's word says, um, there shall be no idols created. Don't mm. have any idols in your life. And a lot of times we become so entrenched in a fight with and we'll call it, we'll say my trauma, my pain, my past. Yeah. And we talk about the trauma. We talk about the pain. We talk about, uh, talk about the experience so much. And we never mention the healer. We never mention the healing. And we essentially, without even knowing it, have created an idol out of our past, out of those experiences, out of that trauma. Hmm. And we made a little G God out of it. Sure. And we worship it more than we worship the one who said, Hey, I come to give you life and life to the fullest. Hmm. And so what I've, what I've realized is for number one, what happened to me as a child really took a lot from me. It took a number of things. We can't even get into it here. It's perspective of healthy relationships. It was an innocent, uh, uh, you know, a normal childhood. It was, you know, you know, I, when, when they found out that I was, I was unable to control bowel movements or I developed a speech impediment or whatever, mm-hmm. Uh, just normal, healthy relationships, um, wanting to go play outside and, and just a number of things. Uh, if you, the longer you put off healing, the more you are missing out on what he could redeem you from today. Yes. And yes. it's longer, it's just rot that's continuing to build into your life and decay you from the inside out. And so recognizing and acknowledging, okay, this is something that happened to me but it doesn't have to be what defines me. I'm defined by how I respond to this. And today I choose to fight back. I, t- I continue, I choose to, to get up, to dust myself off, acknowledge what happened, forgive those who hurt me, forgive mm-hmm. myself and seek a relationship with a heavenly healer who can redeem not only mm-hmm. my life and my soul, but the times that were stolen from the enemy. Mm-hmm. Boy, and as you're sharing that, Adam Davis, I'm, I'm thinking of the people who are are hearing those words and the exhortation is liberating them, saying, okay, I don't have to keep holding on to this pain to try to keep yeah. myself together. I mean, there's so much more on the other side, but it involves taking a step of faith. It involves really surrendering that pain to the Lord. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, Adam Davis is going to talk about another of the principles to overcome adversity and live life above defeat. And that, quite frankly, is saying, hey, okay, we're not going to be complacent anymore. We're going to give that pain laid at the foot of the cross and see what God has in store for us because that visual of this rotting that's happening in your soul because we won't let go of that uh, that unhealed, undealt with or unhealed pain. It's really that's powerful. Right. Adam Davis is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. The book is called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. More of this conversation in just a moment as The Bottom Line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years? 
After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Adam Davis is my guest today here on The Bottom Line. I'm Roger Marsh. We're talking about his brand new book called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. It is Everyone Wednesday today here on The Bottom Line, and we have not one, not two, but three copies of this book to give away. Let's light up the phones, shall we? 800-227-5278, is the number to get you through to The Bottom Line. Again, Adam Davis and the book called Unconquered, 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278, the number to get you through to the bottom line. We have three copies of this book to give away. The principles, by the way, just a quick whip round before we get back into this conversation. Acknowledge the pain, but seek the healer. Control yourself. Recognize that now is the time. Have the faith to forgive. Police your thoughts. Discover the significance of surrender and relational power, the mystery of purpose, the antidote for complacency. Boy, that's where a lot of people are right now. And then having an uncommon resolve. Resilience is in short supply in America today in the culture right now. And if anyone is going to demonstrate it in a biblical, godly way, I think it's us here in the body of Christ. Adam Davis talks about that in his brand new book called Uncontrollable. And we have three copies of the book to give away right now. Excuse me, Unconquered. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line all right let's take a quick break and when we come back we'll hear the conclusion of my conversation with adam davis talking about living life unconquered it's coming up next as the bottom line continues adam davis is my guest today here on the bottom line i'm roger marsh good to have adam back on to talk about his powerful new book called unconquered 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. We have a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. Adam, talk about your ministry just a little bit before we get back into the uh, into the book, because you worked in law enforcement for many years. About a decade ago, God tapped you on the shoulder and said, I want, to, I want you to go in a different direction with what you're doing. Talk about that. Yeah, and that was a hard step to take in obedience. Mm. Um, and probably one of the hardest things I've ever done was to, to leave that because of the camaraderie. And I enjoyed the work. I enjoyed, you know, doing something that I felt was in some way helping, you know, different parts of, of humanity, people at their worst, in their worst moments. Um, mm -hmm. But today I travel the country. I just got back from Salt Lake City, Utah, uh, speaking to a group of first responders and civilians who showed up. Um, and I've been booked to go out and speak. I'll, this year I'll speak from coast to coast, all the way from New York Love city it. to Los Angeles. And, um, you know, and it's growing, it's, it's not just law enforcement officers. Now it's men's groups and churches. And because there's a lot of people who may never put on a uniform, but they have dealt with some stuff and they walk into those churches every day and they leave and they still have this thought that comes in that says, I feel defeated. And so mm -hmm. my, my target ministry is always going to be to be obedient to the father and to minister to my brothers and sisters and law enforcement and other first responders. But, and it's a tremendous honor to do that. 
Uh, my goal is to touch every law enforcement officer in this country with the gospel mm -hmm. and the freedom that's that. available through a relationship with Jesus. And, you know, we've got, you know, I do online coaching and, and really mentorship more than anything. And, um, and we've got the online courses. Of course, we've got bulletproof marriage that did very well in 2019 and 2020. Um, and then, you know, what God is doing with, with opening doors for me to be able to travel across the country because of, of this book is, is really resonating with a lot of people, uh, not just law enforcement officers, but mm -hmm. it's really opening a lot of doors and I am beyond grateful for the opportunities he's blessed me with. That's awesome. I love how you are humbly submitting to that and uh, doing so with both hands wide open, because as you and I both know, there's no way we could receive anything from God with our fists clenched or our arms folded yeah. saying, I'm going to stay here. But that's what you're writing about in the book on Conquered, yeah. 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. How many people are saying, I want to be fulfilled in my life in Christ, but you don't understand, God, you know, there was that person who abused me, or that was a <laughs> relationship that went sideways. And, and yeah. talk about how we can really get kind of complacent sometimes you mentioned it before how we create little g gods out of our pain mm -hmm. instead of taking it to the father for healing uh, talk about you you write about this one of the principles is the antidote for complacency help us understand what that means you know one of the things that i was taught in law enforcement what anybody in law enforcement is taught is is complacency the day you become complacent is is the day that you really begin to die and, mm. and it's really one of the most dangerous things you can do and law enforcement is to be complacent because you're not aware of your surroundings. You give up on, you know, continuing your training. Uh, you're probably not going to the gym anymore. You're not taking care of your mind, body, soul. You're just existing. And that's what a lot of times we do as believers is we just exist. Yeah. We become complacent in our prayer life. Uh, we become complacent in the, in the pursuit of a relationship, a, an authentic relationship with the living God we become complacent in our, in our marriages. Um, and, you know, quite frankly, uh, we, we become cowards. We no longer mm. pursue the danger and the evil that seeks to destroy us. And we live in the defensive place instead of living on the offensive where we're constantly advancing against the kingdom of darkness with the weapons that we've been equipped with from under the authority of heaven. And so when we live in a place of defensiveness, we become offended by everything. <laughs> we become hurt by everything that the preacher says or that we hear on the radio or see on TV or social media. And instead of advancing against that. So in, in order to, to sort of battle against complacency, it requires that we are intentional with developing healthy daily spiritual disciplines and habits that are not necessarily routine or legalistic in their approach, but they're developed to help us to continue to grow. It's like, if you want to train your body in, in a gym, you go see a personal trainer, there's a constant, there's a plan to continue growth. And that means that there's got to be uh, micro tears in your fibers. You've got to get your heart rate up. You got to get out of a comfort zone. If you stay in a comfort zone, you never grow. Right. And so we want to stay in a comfort zone, but you know, there's a scripture in the book of revelation that says cowards will not inherit the kingdom of God and actually cat classifies them in the same category as the sexually immoral, the thief, hmm. the murderer, the adulterer. And we don't ever want to talk about that. Right. And so we want to stay a place of comfort. And so I think a lot of times we, uh, we associate complacency with comfort when actually it's a place of toxic poison that's destroying our soul and setting us up for eternal punishment, separation from a living God. And so mm. this is not a season for cowards to call themselves Christians. This is a season for Christians who are following the living Savior 
to to take up the armor of God, to equip yourself and get get in the trenches with your brother and sisters, because this is not a battle to be taken lightly. Amen to that. Adam Davis, my guest here on The Bottom Line, talking about these 10 principles that he has re revealed in his book called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Life Above Defeat. There's a link for the book up at thebottomlineshow.com. You, you said something really powerful, Adam, and I want you to uh, kind of drill down on it a little bit more. Yeah. Just a, a moment ago, when you were talking about cowardice and you were talking about complacency and talking about people being easily offended, and I get mm -hmm. it in the culture, you know, leftist progressive people who literally are on a highway to hell if, without Christ. And they're the lost and those are the people that need to hear us preaching the gospel. But I've noticed it seems like anyway, and maybe this is just anecdotal, kind of an uptick in people in the body of Christ who spend more time being offended than preaching the gospel and fighting spiritual battles. Are you sensing that too? I see it quite a bit. Um, and a lot of times you can look, if you look deeper, um, there's an issue where either fear has developed a stronghold in their life mm -hmm. or the enemy has used that to develop a stronghold in their life, or there's an issue where unforgiveness is an issue in their life. And so they've got a root of bitterness and resentment. And so when you consider those things and you, you, you see the outward symptom, right? You yeah, see, a, yeah. uh, if I wake up in the morning and my face is swollen up, but I haven't done anything, I haven't been in a boxing match to get my face swollen <laughs> up for any reason, then what's, what's the real reason you just see right. the symptom. So, mm -hmm. you know, the symptom of the sickness is not necessarily the root cause. It's just something that you see. And so you see the offensiveness It's a lot of times they become comfortable in the place where they are and they hear a message that convicts them. And so they're offended instead of being convicted. Hmm. And a lot of times when we're, when we're offended, instead of being convicted, we're, we're living with our, our hands closed right. and we're not wanting to give God a pain that we're really too afraid to deal with. And I'll tell you this, some of the worst decisions I've ever made in my life were because of fear. And some of the hmm. best decisions yep. I didn't make or were delayed in making were because of fear. Yes. And, 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 you know, that's, even if that means today, you got to say, Hey, you know, father, I repent. I'm sorry. Please forgive me. You know, his, his mercy's new every day. Right. And so if you've lived in that place, then today's a day to lay it down and let him change your heart from the inside out. Amen. Amen. Now is the time. Don't wait. Don't be complacent. Don't delay it. Yeah. And you know, it, it's like, it's like getting a physical, right? You go to the doctor, mm -hmm. the doctor says you need to lose 20 pounds to this, that, and the other thing. And you could de get defensive and say, but wait a minute, I eat organic and I do this. And I, you know, I moved to an area that's more green friendly instead of saying, <laughs> you know what, you know what, you're right. You're right. You're telling me the truth about me. And God loves us enough to tell us the truth. We've got that mirror of about our moral conduct, the Bible that we can hold up to our heart and see how we're really living. But then the the real work comes in, Adam, as you write about in your book on Conquered, is how do we overcome adversity and live life above defeat? And you've given us these 10 principles. We've just glossed on a couple of them. That's why I recommend that our bottom line listeners get a copy of this book. We've got it linked at thebottomlineshow.com. Where do we find you online, Adam Davis? You can go to my website. It's unconqueredbook.com. Uh, okay. You can find me on social media. It's the official Adam Davis on Facebook, Instagram. I think it's official Adam Davis. Uh, but I'd love for you to connect with me. I'd love to hear from you. And if you have an event for first responders or men in the future, I'd love to hear from you and, and work something out where I can come and share the message you've given me. You've heard how conquered. Yeah, I was gonna say you could you could hear how how uncompromising and yet how authentic Adam's message is. And I highly recommend that you do the same. Uh, the you. official Adam Davis, thank you so much for being with us today here on the bottom line. Good to see you again. You too, my friend. Well, what a great conversation. Always enjoy having Adam Davis on the program and the brand new book, uh, which is so important for us to understand these concepts. 
Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat is the book. And uh, I could encourage you to give us a call. It's Everyone Wednesday, so everybody who calls is going to win something. But we do have not one, not two, but three copies of Adam's book that we're giving away today. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. One of the principles that Adam talks about, of course, is to not underestimate the battle that we're in. And, you know, it's amazing when you put these principles into practice. It makes it a lot easier to deal with the world that we're dealing with, number one. But number two, maybe more important than that, it makes it a lot easier to be able to hear sources that are true, but also to hear sources that aren't true and not fall apart. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, I want to talk about a cultural phenomenon that we've seen happen over the years that is kind of sad from the sentimental standpoint, but also maybe more importantly, it kind of shows us the end of an era of, as we are talking about people who are living in not the post-truth or post-Christian era, but now how we've moved into anti-truth. The story of a local newspaper that serves many bottom line listeners that has finally gone under. And I want to take a look at it from the business standpoint. I'm kind of curiosity, curious about that, but also about the, um, about the, cultural and spiritual significance of what happens to a community when a newspaper dies. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You're a Christian who's been injured, so you need Christian attorney Stephanie Cover of Cover Law to fight for you. With Stephanie, it's not just a routine legal process, it's a spiritual battle. She understands that a legal fight involves more than flesh and blood. It means confronting principalities and powers, and that's why she consistently prays with and for her clients. She forms long-lasting relationships with her clients, just as you would expect from someone who engages in spiritual battle alongside another believer. Praise for Stephanie pours in through cards, thank you texts, and letters from clients who thank her for checking up on them, coming to see them in the hospital, praying, and even finding alternative care when current care is inadequate. Inspired by Jesus' command to love one another, Stephanie uses her skill as an attorney and knowledge of insurance processes to fight for your completeness and healing. Don't wait any longer. Contact Stephanie Cover today at kbrightradio.com slash cover and let her take up your spiritual battle. My thanks again to Adam Davis for joining me today here on The Bottom Line. Uh, the book is called Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity in Life, or excuse me, and Live Above Defeat. We've got a link for the book at thebottomlineshow.com. And as I mentioned earlier, it's Everyone Wednesday today, so everybody who calls is going to win something. But we do have three copies, not one, not two, but three copies of Adam's book that we're giving away today. Would love to place one in your hands. 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, the number that gets you through to the bottom line. Crystal is waiting to take your call. Okay, I'm uh, going to get a little sentimental now here. Thinking back to a time, a uh, simpler time in America, when Americans got their news delivered to them in a couple of ways, either through a national television or radio broadcast, or but before then, though, the big mass media was the newspaper. Extra, extra, read all about it. You know, uh, the, the paper boys would be out there hawking those papers. Now, we understood that there were the Randolph Hearsts and the Pulitzers and whatever of, the, of this world who were the ones who uh, were publishing the papers and they had to make money and they also had to, uh, you know, they, they had their own political agendas of what they tried to push. 
But you could tell that we lived at a different time in America based on the fact that there were the news pages, there was the lifestyle page, the sports page, business page, and then the editorial page. The op-ed, if you will, the opinion and editorial, where the newspaper would say, look, in this section, you're going to get opinion, hopefully by well-qualified authors, journalists, writers, people who had done their homework. But for the most part, you knew that this was the reporter or the journalist actually writing their opinion of something, and which you hope was based in truth. The sports columnists, for example, I think of my friend John Stregge, who listens to the Bottom Line Show on a regular basis. He and his wife, Marlene, uh, now making their home in Colorado, so they're KLTT and KLDC listeners. But John spent years covering the golf beat for the uh, Orange County Register, LA Times, baseball, a lot of different things, worked for Golf Digest. He knows what it's like to be that reporter who says, yeah, you're going to report with opinions, but you also have to make sure you get the facts straight. And I think there was a time in America when we actually did have the ability to say we want to know what the facts are but we also want to kind of read somebody's opinion on how they interpret them now i'll be honest with you we get a lot of uh, feedback from you as a bottom line listener um, whether it's through phone calls emails you know posts on our social media pages whatever it is and we value everybody as a matter of fact i have to thank everybody who called in last thursday i know it's been a week and i'm sorry i haven't thanked you about this sooner and saying happy birthday to my grandson, Isaac. Now, that was a kick. I mean, just to hear, and I'm so grateful for the people who called in last Monday and wished Lisa a happy birthday, and it's great. Uh, my birthday is coming up Friday, September 1st, just saying. But uh, anyway, um, nonetheless, very sweet, you know, the feedback. But one thing that we have noticed over the past couple of years, we are coming up on the 12th anniversary of the Bottom Line Show on September 19th, by the way. And we may do a big blowout show and we may just do what we typically do on September 19th and say, hey, it was how many years ago today we started and now here's today's program. I mean, I, I've got to be honest with you, with the calendar, let's see, September 4th is a Monday. So the 19th is a Tuesday. Yeah, we'll be on the air. I mean, we'll do a Super Tuesday, uh, bottom line 12th anniversary show. That'll be a lot of fun. The comments we get from people, I like the bottom line, I like the, uh, the variety, I like the fact that you could tune in every day and learn something new, uh, the guests, the call-in segments. I mean, I have to admit, this is kind of a, an interesting program that we do because it's sort of a hybrid of sorts. All of the stations that carry the bottom line show carry a lot of what we call Christian teaching and talk. It's David Jeremiah and Jay Vernon McGee and Alistair Begg and Steve Gregg doing the Bible call-ins and stuff like that. But then, of course, there's bottom line. And we have guests and we talk about news features and this, that, and the other thing. But the one thing that my commitment to you is, because it's a commitment to God, is that I want to tell the truth, the whole truth, so help me, God, um, through a biblical worldview. And it's amazing how many people say in the past four or five years have added that to their comments. I like listening to the bottom line show because you're factually accurate. Had one young man say that he actually came to faith because of the way we handled COVID. He said, you told the truth about what was going on. I mean, you were airing some reports that weren't terribly popular in the mainstream press. And then all of a sudden it turned out just about everything you were reporting on was true. And it really changed my faith. That's from, literally from one listener. We have a listener at KCBC. Uh, I always mishandle this quote and he will be quick to send me a, <laughs> an email when I share this. But he says the reason he likes the bottom line show is it's it's hope with a little bit of headlines and that's what we purpose to do 
Quite frankly, being a young boy growing up in Whittier, California, and then moving to Orange County, I never actually had a daily paper route. Um, I grew up in a home where we read papers voraciously. My grandmother, my mom's mom, uh, who has had a huge influence on me spiritually, was a, let's see, what were the papers that she read? She read the Los Angeles Times, or she would say the Los Angeles Times, um, every morning. And then in the afternoon, she read the local papers. It was either the East Whittier Review or the East Whittier Journal, I think. That, and then they kind of merged into you know, one paper. Took U.S. News and World Report every week. I mean, there were, she was constantly reading and watching the news and listening to talk radio. And there was a time, you know, when you could read the news because it came to your home and you could, you know, all the news that was fit to print. And they didn't waste your time with a lot of stuff that was hyperbole. You know, the, the, the news reporting was news reporting, sports reporting, business reporting was that. And then there was the editorial pages where you got to find out what the slant was on the newspaper. Now it's almost all editorial. If you watch a network like MSNBC, which Michael Medved used to say, remember Michael, he's syndicated out of the Seattle area. Michael used to say MSNBC stands for more stuff nobody cares about. And I... You know, I mean, if you look at their, their, their ratings, you're right. Independent Review conducted several years ago about the three leading cable news networks showed that Fox News actually was the most fair and balanced. 55% of the time they were reporting on the news, they were actually reporting. And for the other 45%, they had the, you know, the pundits who were giving their own spin on it. MSNBC, 85% editorial, 15% actual reporting. So in other words, if you want just opinions and things like that, that's where you go. Now, we try to be a good balance of both, but we're going to stick with the, uh, the, the fact base first. And then every now and again, your announcer host here goes off on a tangent. But the local newspaper for many, many years has been filling the gap for people all across the country, um, understanding you know, what was act hap actually happening in the local news market. And over time, the course of many many years the independently owned family newspapers have been going by the wayside that's why i thought it was very interesting to read at the san francisco gate of all publications that santa barbara is now down one local news operation the santa barbara news press has filed for a chapter seven bankruptcy um, actually they filed for bankruptcy uh their their parent company ampersand publishing did so about a week ago the Santa Barbara News Press had been in business for 100, over 150 years. Actually, 168 years total. Now, there are lots of reasons why uh, the, a publication like this would shut down. But I want to tell you a little bit about their history and see if the timeline actually lines up with what you've seen in the news. How, as more and more local newspapers and local radio stations go sideways or bye-bye, it makes it a lot easier for the so-called legacy media to just spend whatever lives they want to. We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. One of the greatest gifts that we can give to an expectant mother is the gift of the first picture she'll ever have of her son or daughter in the womb. That comes through an ultrasound, and our friends at Preborn have an opportunity for us to make more of these ultrasounds a reality. Every time you give a donation of $28 to Preborn, that means one more ultrasound can take place. But how about giving enough money for an ultrasound machine? The cost is $15,000. It's a sizable investment. But every ultrasound machine can do 250 ultrasounds per year and lasts at least 10 years. Now take that cost $15,000 and divide that by 2,500. 
Okay, now you begin to see how the cost for ultrasound goes down even more once we have more ultrasound machines to donate into preborn clinics. Make a donation right now to preborn. It's completely tax deductible, and every penny, every dollar you donate right now is going to the purchase of an ultrasound machine. 833-850-BABY is the number to call, 833-850-2229, or go to kbrightradio.com. That's K-B-R-I-T-E radio.com. Click on the banner for Preborn and make your best donation right now. $25, $50, $100, it all counts towards saving babies' lives. kbrightradio.com, hit the Preborn banner right now. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, still taking your calls at 800-227-5278. Got three copies of Adam Davis's book, Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat. Uh, We're giving those away today at 800-227-5278. While we're also lamenting the passing of the Santa Barbara News Press, or the Santa Barbara Press News. I want to make sure you get the title right. I'm sure there are some Bottom Line Show listeners in that area who listen or read the Santa Barbara News Press. Uh, They filed for Chapter 7 bankruptcy a week ago. Uh, The News Press was founded in 1855. Changed hands several times over the years. Uh, In 1962, Thomas Stork was the uh, owner, and they won a Pulitzer Prize. The New York Times Syndicate acquired the paper in 1985 and then sold it to William McCaw, who was the current owner, in 2000. McCaw is the, uh, or excuse me, Wendy McCaw, the ex-wife of cell phone pioneer Craig McCaw, who was the uh, chairman of uh, McCaw Cellular. Uh, McCaw Cellular you may not be familiar with, but you're familiar with the company that bought them out, AT&T. Uh, apparently, then when the McCaws divorced, it was one of the most expensive ones in history. But nonetheless, here is a newspaper that won a Pulitzer for its local news coverage. And now it's out the door. Uh, there was a uh, 2008 documentary titled Citizen McCaw, which uh, told the story of the newsroom meltdown that happened uh, back in 2006. Jerry Roberts and five of his colleagues resigned from the paper because Wendy McCaw basically abandoned, as they called it, journalistic ethics. Uh, since 19, or excuse me, since 2008, more than 70 members of the Santa Barbara News Press have either quit or fired, and uh, many people in the county have voluntarily uh, canceled subscriptions as a result of that big flame-up. But think about this. Local news had an accountability and a responsibility. If you wrote about something that was egregious and awful, the locals told you about it. Once the ownership was further removed from the local community, then there was less involvement and less reason for them to be concerned. One of the reasons why you'll notice here at the Bottom Line Show, KBRT, our flagship affiliate here in Southern California, has a local host, me. Southern California born and raised. Uh, The idea that we can speak to local issues. I mean, I know this place. <laughs> like, I know San Diego well. My parents lived there. Uh, had kids who lived in the Bay Area. My brother lived in the Bay Area. I mean, we, we now for Colorado. I, I admit, for our KLDC and KLTT listeners, um, you're on your own. Uh, <laughs> I do my best. John Rush gets me up to speed on what's happening in Colorado. But the idea that you have local voices, I mean, you hear the local stories we talk about happening here in Costa Mesa and San Diego and whatever, that that these are important stories to report on. But I wanna stress something here as we wrap up this segment, and that is, we are not a news station per se, we're a good news station. 
And what that means, of course, is you hear a lot of Bible teaching all throughout each and every day. But in addition to Bible teaching, what you also get with Bottom Line Show affiliates is news headlines that we cover from a biblical perspective. I was describing to a, a colleague of mine, I do some work in the uh, secular world uh, with the Fox Television Network, and uh, one of my new associates there was, so we were emailing back and forth, and he goes, oh, wow, you know, this is great, and want to support Christian programming and this, that, and the other thing. And I said, well, we try to keep up on current and cultural events, but we do so through the lens of Scripture, through a biblical worldview. Brothers and sisters, do not assume for a minute that the biblical worldview is the default position. We're going to talk more about that in the last half hour of the program today. We have reached that point now. We went from Christian America, a nation founded under God, indivisible. We hold these truths to be self-evident, to certain inalienable rights endowed by our Creator. We started there. Then we went to post-Christian America in the 60s and 70s and, you know, testing out all those cultural mores that seem to be so old-fashioned. Now we've gone to anti-Christian America. And we would be wise to recognize where we are. In the same way our brothers and sisters who are in communist countries and dictatorial states and wind up facing prison time, we are close to that right now. But we don't lose heart and we don't lose hope because ultimately we know that our Redeemer lives and he, Jesus Christ, paid the penalty for your sin and my sin on the cross. And if you believe in your heart that, uh, that Jesus is Lord and, and uh, you confess with your mouth that he's Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, Scripture tells us you will be saved. So we talk about the good news, about the news of the day through the lens of Scripture. So rest in peace, Santa Barbara News Press, but please know that the good news will continue on on Bottom Line Affiliates wherever they are heard. Thanks for listening. If you're a KCBC audience today, uh, you're going over now to uh, Rabbi Schneider and discovering the Jewish Jesus. For those who remain on the network, we're going to take a look at somebody who is an award-winning educator and author, makes over a million dollars a year teaching in an Ivy League school about honesty and integrity, and now she's being accused of plagiarism. What does that tell us about where our culture is today with regard to biblical values and absolute moral standards? We'll talk about that coming up next as The Bottom Line continues. Well, welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of The Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, still taking your calls at 800-227-5278. Adam Davis has been our guest uh, for the first part of the program. His book, Unconquered, 10 Principles to Overcome Adversity and Live Above Defeat, is up at thebottomlineshow.com. And I got thinking, um, 800-227-5278. 800-227-5278, 800-227-5278 is the number to get you through to the bottom line. It hit me as Adam and I were talking. When we talk about the things that can often get in the way, things that can uh, put us in a situation where we feel as though we are kind of defeated, you know, these, these 10 principles that Adam talks about. I, I want to do an analysis, balance, and clarity segment on someone who uh, would benefit from these. <laughs> Again, just in case you are wondering, I mean, first and foremost, here are the principles that Adam talks about in the book. Number one, well, before you get into the first principle, you have to not underestimate the battle we're in. The battle is between flesh and blood. It's between principalities. Uh, it's not between flesh and blood. It's principalities, the rulers of darkness. It is basically everything that's happening in the spirit world that's being influenced in the, uh, in the physical world, number one. Okay, so here's the first principle to overcoming adversity and living a life above defeat, and that's acknowledge pain, but seek the healer. 
Number two is keeping yourself in control. Number three, understanding that now is the time. Number four is that having the faith to forgive because forgiveness is just a fantastic elixir. It's a bomb, B-A-L-M, that will uh, heal all sorts of different wounds. Uh, then police your thoughts. Take every thought captive. Understand the significance of surrender and relationships. Discover the mystery of purpose. Discover the antidote for complacency and then have an uncommon resolve, a resolution. In other words, there has to be a reason why you're doing what you're doing. Now, there is a scene in the movie Braveheart, and I understand the movie Braveheart is, um, uh, it's one of those situations where um, it's a movie that's based on, ostensibly on the life of William Wallace, but it also takes a few liberties with the, uh, well, how should we say, takes a few liberties with the actual history of uh, why, you know, the, the story of William Wallace is so important to us. Many people will um, take a look at that story and say, this is fantastic. Um, it's just amazing. What a wonderful story about Scotland and being liberated. And I remember watching it with my kids and uh, we, we have Scottish ancestry. And so uh, they were very, very excited <laughs> Uh, to find out. I remember we finished the end of watching the movie and uh, my daughter Kaylee looked at me and I said, well, what'd you think of the movie? And she said, I'm very proud to be Scottish. I mean, <laughs> there's no question about it. But there were some areas in the movie Braveheart where they took creative license with the movie. Not that it didn't necessarily lie per se, but there were certain historical characters. This always happens in a biopic like this. Certain characters are, uh, what are they? Uh, composite characters. Uh, you won't, you, they may have existed in real life, but uh, you'll find that, uh, well, they'll, they'll take uh, uh, two women and put them into one and have them both have the attributes of the other because they're, uh, you know, that way. As a matter of fact, if you ever saw the movie Field of Dreams, uh, that was one of the shocks to me when watching one of those making of DVDs. I had not read the book Shoeless Joe by W.P. Kinsella, so I didn't know that that, hey, Dad, you want to have a catch scene was actually the beginning of the book, though it's the perfect ending for the movie. But in the book Field of Dreams, uh, Ray Kinsella has an older brother, you know, Ray's the Kevin Costner part. And what they did essentially in the film, because they were both trying to reconcile with their dad, is um, they, they combined Ray and his brother's character into one char composite character, and then they added... Uh, Ray's wife Annie and uh, it was you know Annie has some really great lines in there Annie's not in the novel but she really helps make the movie work okay so there are those who would look at Braveheart like for example uh, William Wallace after his wife is uh, is executed um, he winds up winds up connecting with a French princess or something like that and they have a torrid affair etc cetera, etc cetera. well everything's fine you know that woman did exist and William Wallace did exist the only difference is they existed a hundred years apart there's no way they ever would have come together like that but when you're telling a story sometimes you have to explain okay this story in the screen uh, you know on the big screen it, it involves something that the uh, the industry refers to as the temporary suspension of disbelief in other words you have to buy in when you buy the ticket and go to see the movie, you have to believe that Ariel can get legs. You know, you have to believe that uh, uh, that Herbie the love bug can really, you know, go as fast as he can. I mean, there, all the things that you know don't happen in real life, you have to temporarily, for an hour and a half, two hours, believe that they really happened. 
and then you have a more enjoying a joyful movie experience now if you go to the movie and you see a, song, a movie like sound of freedom for example you know that was based on a documentary about the actual uh, our underground railroad uh, ministry of tim ballard that's not one of those temporary suspensions of disbelief that's really happening and you'll look at certain characters that might be renamed or composite or things like that but they really have to work harder to get the gist of the story together so it was very interesting to me to read the story of Professor Francesca Gino, who has been making a pretty nice sum at Harvard University. And while she has been, I mean, we're talking seven figures, pretty nice sum. Okay. I, uh, having a daughter who aspires to be a college professor, as I do, uh, daughter Kaylee, um, who will have to have back on the bottom line show defending her dissertation. <laughs> Dad's going to put her through the faces this time. Uh, she just recently was uh, graduated from the University of Southern California with her degree in biokinesiology and uh, now is Dr. Kaylee Zapanta, which is very exciting for her and for us. But when you get into the world of academia, you understand that oftentimes there are those who, I mean, you've got your research, you've got the work that you've done, that you've been published, it's been peer reviewed, but there's an agreement. When we were kids, if we were doing a report, we didn't have the internet, what did we use? We used the World Book, right? We used Encyclopedia Britannica. We used the Bible for historical reference. Oh my goodness. Every time we get to share a story here on the bottom line about another uh, archaeological discovery that proves, yet again, the accuracy and authenticity of the Bible, then we get really excited. And there are a lot of people who, you know, if maybe this is a way to share your faith in Christ. Maybe, just maybe, one of the best ways you can share your faith in Christ is not to say, hey, read the Bible because it's good for your salvation, it's good for your soul, which it is. But rather, hey, check this out. I discovered something. Here's an article about these guys who are on an archaeological dig somewhere in Africa or somewhere in the Middle East or whatever, and they found this coin, and it dates back to 6,000 BC, and that would have been around the time when Solomon was in the you know, temple or whatever. And you begin to see the evidence begin to mount and pile up. That's how Dr. Hugh Ross, astrophysicist, uh, came to Christ. Literally, he says, through the cosmos. I was studying the stars. I used to look at my telescope every night. And I, all of a sudden, I saw the creation story play out before my eyes. Don't lose the opportunity to take some of the stories that we talk about here on the Bottom Line Show and use them as examples of telling the truth or about what's really happening. Professor Francesca, uh, Francesca Gino is in the middle of a legal controversy right now with Harvard University because apparently she is accused of plagiarizing uh, some of the work that she's done as part of her research. Now, that's a big deal. I mean, trust me, I know if you've written a book before, you know how much everything needs to be authenticated. And if you are uh, working, well, apparently... Uh, there are three papers in question that were allegedly co-authored by uh, Francesca Gino. But apparently now the Harvard Business School is accusing her of uh, what well, she's being accused by the Harvard Business School and is on leave from them uh, for fabricating and manipulating study data. And <laughs> what's interesting about this, I just, I have to chuckle. Um, because of the fact that when you look, here's one of the papers that she wrote, and this is her area of expertise, and you tell me if this sounds a little fishy. In 2014, Dr. or Professor Francesca Gino 
was co-author of a paper titled Evil Genius, How Dishonesty Can Lead to Greater Creativity. <laughs> That's right. This is a woman who specializes in checking out and investigating dishonesty. But she kind of tipped her own hand apparently nine years ago when she said how dishonesty can lead to greater creativity. Yes, the woman who specializes in research that actually goes after people for being dishonest uh, is being involved in a uh, $25 million lawsuit now where she says she was the target of the smear campaign even though she's a scholar who, dis who studies dishonesty. So what exactly is about this claim and how can we use this to further the kingdom? We'll talk about that coming up next as the bottom line continues. You can protect against market volatility without investing all your money into bonds. Wilson Financial has simply better alternatives. The last 12 months, there has been almost $1.7 trillion invested in investment-grade bonds. This move to safety locks up money for a long time of guaranteed low returns. Why? Market volatility. Well, my comment is why go with low earnings for a long time when you can get great earnings with a solid real estate-backed investment paying you 6% over the next three years. After three years, you can invest in another option, or you can do what most of our investors do and reinvest in another one of our new exclusive 6% accounts. This strategy gives you the best of both options without settling for many years of low returns. Our 3D Money 6% account pays you great interest while you're not subjecting yourself to market volatility. Call 800-696-9970, 800-696-9970, or visit kbrightradio.com slash Wilson Financial and ask about Dennis Wilson's exclusive real estate-backed 6% investment account. Wilson Financial Services, for simply better alternatives. Welcome back to this Everyone Wednesday edition of the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh, and if you call in right now at 800-227-5278, Adam Davis's book, Unconquered, is up for grabs, but we also have prizes for everybody who calls in because it's uh, Everyone Wednesday today here on the program. And I could say that, and there's no dishonesty there, but we are talking about this, doing an analysis, balance, and clarity segment here on what happens when people who are supposed to be checking, doing the fact-checking and measuring, you know, the studies on dishonesty and things of that nature, winds up uh, being sued. Actually, she's suspended by the Harvard Business School because the research that she did studying dishonesty allegedly has fabricated research data in it. In other words, it's filled with lies. Tenured professor Dr. Francesca Gino has since filed a 100-page counter lawsuit in Massachusetts federal court claiming that the university, along with a trio of data scientist bloggers, have defamed her with false claims of academic fraud. Quote, I want to be very clear. I have never, ever falsified data or engaged in research misconduct of any kind. Um, this is a woman who had been a, I guess, if there are superstars in this type of research, she was the one who did it. Uh, this is a woman who was earning over a million dollars a year. But it was the uh, academic blog called Data Collada that accused her of fabricating study data and even manipulating it, starting with, as I mentioned in the last segment, uh, one of three papers that was co-authored by her, including one titled Evil Genius, How Dishonesty Can Lead to Greater Creativity. According to uh, CoData, the journal Psychological Science has now retracted that article and one other saying that it acted on the recommendation of the Harvard Business School Research Integrity Office. 
Now, it's interesting. According to Dr. Gino, she says, while claiming to stand for process excellence, they, out, they reached outrageous conclusions based entirely on inference, assumption, and implausible leaps of logic. They created and perpetuated a false narrative about my ethics and integrity, which has had a devastating impact on my friends, colleagues, collaborators, and most of all, my family. Um, according to the bloggers, they apparently launched a vicious defamatory smear campaign against her research, even though her lawsuit says they have no evidence. Now, in all honesty... <laughs> point taken part of the reason why um, the, uh, the this issue is so interesting is because the Harvard Business School said hey look we um, we did some research and we found this stuff to be credible these accusations so you know which one is at the is at the issue uh, it's interesting According to some of the colleagues who are coming forth, they're speaking out and saying, hey, uh, this, the study, I mean, the, the colleagues are saying, look, she's, she's great. She's wonderful. She joined the faculty in 2010. She'd been at the University of North Carolina, had been at Carnegie Mellon University. In 2012, she co-authored a study which purported to show that making people sign an honesty pledge at the beginning of a form rather than at the end of the form increases honest responses. Okay. In 2021, that study was retracted, however, because apparently some of the data in the study was fabricated by a different researcher who worked on the project, who cited three separate lab experiences to draw the experiments, rather, to draw a conclusion. Um, apparently, that data was deeper than originally suspected. That's all fancy blippity blippity language to say they made this up. They didn't actually do the research. Now, I'll be the first to admit, there was a guy years ago by the name of Tom Peters. He invented the Peters Principle. He was a, a big guru in the business world for uh, uh, a long time. And Tom Peters was successful for 20, 25 years with his quote-unquote research until he finally got toward the end of his career and said, hey, guess what, guys? I just made it up. It was a hunch. It turned out to be true, but it was a hunch. But it's interesting that when, you know, when people do research, and I have learned this from Kaylee, my daughter, and the research she's done, there are teams of researchers. There's typically an undergrad student or, excuse me, a, a graduate student who's working on a PhD or whatever who's trying to write this stuff, and then there's a lead researcher. So to have somebody co-author research like this makes a lot of sense. And, and to be fair to Dr., uh, uh, Dr. Gino, the idea, I mean, one of the articles that she wrote that said, hey, look, if you have people sign the honesty part of the agreement at the start of the test before you do it at the end, you tend to get more honest answers. That may or may not have actually been able to be true, I mean, to be proven. But if they didn't and then they tried to pass it off as scientifically provable work, then there is the credibility issue, which leads us to the bigger issue here in the culture today. And that is, first and foremost, people who say there is no God, people who say there is no moral absolute, uh, or there are no moral absolutes, rather, run into a problem when something like this happens. Because let's face it, all you have to do is accuse someone of cheating, and immediately our radar, go radar goes up. Why is that? Why do you think that is? I mean, I, mean, I know you know the answer. It's somewhat anecdotal uh, for me to... Uh, to put that question out there. But the reason why is because we have been created in God's image. God is a God of justice and fairness and righteousness. He's a merciful God that made our unrighteousness 
palatable to him through the blood of Jesus Christ, but there is a standard. And it's amazing how many people have had this live and let live mentality for years where they say, oh, there's no God, no religion. Remember the John Lennon song? Remember? Imagine there's no heaven and no God or you know, nothing to live, kill or die for and no religion to you, blah, blah, blah. But the reality is we are made in God's image and God is a just and holy God. So if we are made that way, we do have that written in our DNA and God's natural laws written on our heart. Add to that the fact that as a result of the fall, Adam and Eve ate of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. We could have been blissfully running around naked in Eden all this time, you know, partnering up, being given in marriage the way God intended it, having kids and being fruitful and multiplying the way God intended it. And we wouldn't know any bad because we wouldn't know the difference between good and evil. We would always just be drawn to God's things that are good. But once Eve took the bite of the fruit and then Adam took the bite of the fruit and then God said, you know, why are you hiding? Who told you you were naked? He asked them those powerful questions. And God basically had to shed innocent blood of an animal to create skins to cover Adam and Eve and then sent them out at the East Gate and they're now east of Eden. And he said, you can still live. You just can't live in Eden. And you're going to have to toil for your labor and childbirth is going to be difficult and all that sort of stuff. But Adam and Eve left the Garden of Eden knowing the difference between good and evil. And they knew it full well because they did wrong. They did evil in God's eyes. That has never gone away. Whether you're a Christian or not a believer, that has not gone away. Every one of us, every human being on the face of the earth, every person to ever walk the planet knows the difference between good and evil. The question is, do they live like it? Dr. Francesca Gino is a rather high profile case because now just because she studied dishonesty doesn't necessarily mean that she's an honest person. But it's amazing how many people when they found out that she may have fabricated data or results on her studies, all of a sudden were up in arms and her response is they're just jealous. See, one day we're all gonna know, I mean, we're all gonna stand before God and we're going to find out who did what, with whom, to whom, who had what done to them. It's all going to come out in the wash. And then God's going to look at his redeemed and say, well, your sins are forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. You know, I, you are justified just as if I were looking at him instead of looking at you and your sin. Well done, good and faithful servant. Come claim your reward. You're coming to heaven. And we'll take that crown off and say, oh no, where's Jesus? I'm putting my crown down at his feet. I don't deserve this. It would be, <laughs> it would be very interesting to see a Christian walk, trying to walk around heaven with a crown on going, yeah, that's right. Check out my blank. Mm-hmm. That's right. Look at my, mm-mm. <laughs> no, <laughs> because basically what you'd be saying in that moment is I don't get it. This is not my crown to keep. I'm only here because of what Christ did for me. So any gain that I have belongs to him. There's a reason why we sing that hymn, crown him with many crowns. Google the lyrics if you haven't sung it recently. It's very a powerful description of what we in the body of Christ will be doing in heaven. But I have some final thoughts about what's happening in the culture and why it's more important now than ever before for us as Christians to speak the truth in love to people who don't always understand what truth or love are really all about. Let's talk about that on the other side of this break as the bottom line continues. You know, I'll never forget the moment I met my grandson, Isaac. It actually wasn't in the delivery room. That was the first time I held him. But 
The first time I actually met Isaac was when I went with his mother to her ultrasound appointment, and the ultrasound technician showed us a picture of that eight-week-old baby in the womb. Uh, you know, I encourage you to contact Preborn right now and make a donation to provide that same experience for another family. Maybe there's someone in your family who's expecting a child right now. They've had the ultrasound. You've seen the picture. You've heard the heartbeat, and you think, wow, how can I bless someone else? Studies show that 83% of the women who go to a preborn clinic and see that ultrasound either choose to become mothers and raise the children on their own or release the child for adoption. It cuts the risk of, it cuts the rate of abortion dramatically. But your donations are necessary right now to get more ultrasound machines into preborn health clinics. Give a gift online when you go to kbrightradio.com and click the banner that says preborn. Cute little baby there wrapped up in a blanket. Or give a gift over the phone. 833-850-BABY, 833-850-BABY, that's 833-850-2229. Call Preborn, make a donation. Every ultrasound machine could do 250 ultrasounds per year, so give a gift right now. Well, welcome back to the Bottom Line Show. I'm Roger Marsh. Everyone, Wednesday edition of the program, and uh, so grateful for everyone who's called in today. We've been talking about this whole dilemma of the professor at Harvard University, uh, Dr. Francesca Gino, who uh, is being charged now with plagiarism and uh, you know, falsifying studies and things of that nature. And Professor Gino, who makes a million dollars a year, plus endorsements and things of that nature, it turns out her focus in the Harvard Business School is that she studies dishonesty. She studies fraudulent claims and things of that nature. And apparently she was dishonest in her research about dishonesty. I find it very interesting to see this happening in the secular arena because there are so many people who will tell us as Christians, well, you guys, it's a fairy tale. You, you know, made up rules and, you know, no one really pays attention to that stuff. It's the universe. It's fate. It's chance. But if you look very carefully, you'll notice that every one of us, placed by a certain set of rules, right and wrong. I mean, go to a, a baseball game and watch the umpire blow a called third strike. Uh, who was the umpire? I still can't remember his name. Was it Jim Joyce was his name? Who was a guy by the name of, uh, I can't remember his name. Now he pitched for the Tigers, Annabelle Sanchez, I guess, um, who was throwing a perfect game. Two outs, top of the ninth, ground ball uh, over to the first baseman, and uh, he runs over, the pitcher runs over to cover first base. They throw the ball. He beats the play. I mean, easily, the ball gets there before the runner. It's the end. It's a perfect game. The crowd goes nuts, and the umpire calls safe. And everybody goes nuts, and they don't have instant replay back in the day, and that's the end. Uh, basically, he gets the next out, and the game's over. His career was over. It really was. He could never got over the fact that a call like that was so blatantly missed. And yet, people ask the question, why do we have this, this fascination with right and wrong, good and evil, et cetera, et cetera. It's because it's hardwired into us. And not only is it hardwired into us, this sense of justice, actual biblical godly justice, but because of what happened in the Garden of Eden, now it is hardwired wired into, our, into everybody, Christian and unbeliever alike. That knowledge, that desire for the knowledge of good and evil because we have it, thinks that's part of the repercussion of our, uh, the sin that was committed in the Garden. So whether it's a college professor who's brought up on ethics charges or an umpire who blows a call, or, or we do have the sense of right and wrong. So that's why it's important, I think, for us in the body of Christ to understand where we are in the culture today. And this is what I'll leave you with here as we wrap up this analysis, balance, and clarity segment of the program. First, uh, 
Is there right and wrong? Yes. Secondly, is God the moral standard? Absolutely. Third, does the world believe it? Well, that's where it gets sticky. According to George Barnett's research, fewer and fewer people believe that the Bible is the source of moral standards and moral absolutes, but more people than before the pandemic believe that there are, in fact, moral absolutes. So in the absence of believing the biblical worldview, people are going to make up their own. So how do we as Christians share the truth of the reality of what's happening? First and foremost, don't be reactionary. It's one thing, it used to be in America, we'd go and preach the gospel and wave the Bible and people just knew. Now they don't. We really do have to approach any type of opportunity to share the good news with someone from the vantage point of that they don't know that there are moral absolutes that come from Scripture. Number two, take advantage of a story like this. Hey, have you heard about this Francesca Gino, that professor at Harvard? Isn't that wild? I mean, not in a condescending, snarky way, but... Isn't that crazy? Here's somebody who studies dishonesty for a living and she's being accused of being dishonest. Then you ask the question, what standard? The late Tim Keller used to have a two-word phrase that he used whenever someone would pontificate about some worldview. Do you know what it is? It was, says who? (laughs) What a great way to, you know, someone say, well, I believe that, you know, this, that, and the other thing. Oh, really? Says who? I mean, do you say that? Does your pastor say that? Does a politician say that? Did your dad always say that? You just kind of grew up with that? One of the refreshing things about being a Christian is the fact that God's truth is true whether we believe it or not, whether we like it or not, whether it feels true to us or not. But as believers, I believe that we do have the gift of the Holy Spirit who gives us the gift of uh, faith, that gives us the gift of salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And once you do know who the source of truth is, that truth sets you free. And those who have been freed are free indeed, regardless of how much money you make or what country you live in or who agrees with you. That is the good news, and that's the bottom line.